Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Joshua chapter 13, Yoshua, Perek, Yud Gimel. We now begin the second half of Sefer Yehoshua, which is, we've done the conquest, and now we're going to do the settlement, the settling down as the different tribes move to their various different Nachalot, their tribal territories. We tell this story um, in several segments. So chapter 13, which we're going to read today, talks about the first stage of settlement in the Transjordan, Be'eva Hayardain, on the east bank of the Jordan, Ru'uven, Gad, and Chatsi, Shevet, Menashe. That's the stage of settlement which was enacted by Moshe. Check out the account in Bamidbar, chapter 32. The second stage is going to be uh, from Gilgal, where certain tribes, the tribe of Yehuda, Ephraim, and Manasseh, are going to actually stake their claim and demand that they get given their land. And these are the eager tribes, the tribes who are enthusiastic. This takes place in Gilgal, performed by Yehoshua, and he casts a goral, a special type of lottery, in order to determine where they get their tribal portions. The third stage, which we'll see in chapter 18 and 19, are the tribes which were left behind. The tribes who were, how should I say it, lazy. They weren't enthusiastic. They were happy to remain in the transit camp in Gilgal and not even claim their tribal territories. And these tribes, unfortunately, the majority, seven tribes, have to be almost pushed out pushed out of the transit camp of Gilgal and sent to go and claim their Nachalot. So here we have it, three stages of settlement, chapter 13, edited by Moshe, the Transjordan, chapter 14 to 17, the eager tribes, enacted by Yehoshua in Gilgal, and the lazy tribes, chapter 18 and 19, enacted by Yehoshua in Shiloh. I want to turn to our chapter, though, where we see the Transjordan, and I want to pay attention to one small phrase, which I think is very significant. It says, The tribes of Reuven and Gad took their portions, which Moses gave them, in the Transjordan, on the eastern side, like Moses, the servant of God, gave them. And in each paragraph, in verse 15, Vayitain Moshe. In verse 24, Vayitain Moshe. In verse 29, Vayitain Moshe. Always emphasizing that Moses has given them the land. And if you read carefully, this, I think, is a little bit of an akitza. It's a little bit of a sting to a burn, we might call it, to these tribes who have chosen not to cross the Jordan. I think it's most explicit in Joshua chapter 1. There in chapter 1, Pasuk Yud Gimel Yudalad, Joshua talks to the tribes of Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruvain who are going to be the advanced attack force into the land. And he says, Your women and children and all your flocks will stay in the land which 
Moshe gave you in the Transjordan, Be'evahadein, Ba'atem Ta'avru, and you will pass forward, Lifnei Achichem, Kol Gebirei Achayil, Ad Asheaniach Hashem La'achichem, Kachem, until um, Hashem will give you respite, Gam Heima Eta Aretz Asher Hashem Elokeichem Notein Lahem. In other words, the land on the west of the Jordan is the land which God will give you. But the land which is on the east of the Jordan, the Transjordan, is the land which Moses gave you. Now, this is fascinating because this continues from a theme which we already saw in the Torah. In Bamidbar, chapter 32, when the tribes of the Transjordan, Ruven Gad, ask for their land and they want to convince Moshe to give them the land, they call the land Haaretz Hashehikah Hashem Lifneada Israel the land which God has captured before B'nai Israel, because, of course, they had victories over Sichon Melech Emori and Og Melech Bashan, the two warlords in the Transjordan, and that's how we got the land in the first place. But then Moshe gets very upset, and he says, What, you think that all of your brothers will go to war and you, you will remain inactive? And he says, you're going to discourage the people, you're going to discourage the people from entering the land which God gave them. And he keeps on referring it to Ha'aretz HaShenatan Lahem Hashem. He does this in verse 8, in verse 10. So what do they say? They say, let's make an agreement with you, Moshe. We will build uh, pastures for our for our flocks. Gidrotson Yivnei Lamakrimikeinu will build pens for our animals. And we will be the attack force, Lifnei Bnei Israel, in front of the, the children of Israel um, as we come into the land. In other words, they're saying when we go into the land, we are going Lifnei Bnei Israel. What does Moshe answer them? He says, I agree. You're not going Lifnei Bnei Israel. You're going Lifnei Hashem. Um, the, the point here is that the Tanakh is making a, quite an interesting point, that it seems like Transjordan can belong to Am Israel, but it's not fully there. And it's really interesting that as we read through the next chapters, the way that the land will be divvied up, it will be divided up and allotted to the different tribes is by means of a goral, a special allotment, a special lottery. But this never happens for Ever Hayardain. It never happens for the Transjordan, only for the west bank of the, of the, of the Jordan. And maybe this reaches the most uh, significant point in an interesting uh, brighter in the Sifrei, where they're discussing the Bikurim, and the farmer is meant to say, I've come to the land which God swore to our fathers to give to us. And the Sifrei wants to know, well, who does this exclude? What is this? It could have said, What's Says Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Prat It excludes the Transjordan. They took it on their own volition. It was not given, it was not promised by God. They took it on their own. This is quite the uh, burn to these tribes. So what we see here is the ambivalence with which Sefer Yoshua 
relates to Eva Yardain, uh, actually quite a negative perspective. And this is going to come to full swing in chapter 22, when there's actually going to be a clash and even a potential war between the tribes on the west bank of the Jordan and the east bank of the Jordan. But we'll only get there in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, Nehitraot, see you tomorrow. Oh, and if you're wondering about the music that I chose for today, it's a very famous song of Betar, of Zev Jabotinsky. The song is Shtei Gadot Yarden. He asked, how could we have forgotten the other side of the Jordan, that biblical Israel was on both sides of the Jordan? And why is the Zionist movement only fighting for the west side of the Jordan? We should also be fighting for the east side of the Jordan. And uh, that is the song that I've put as the opening note and the closing note to this podcast. Shtei gadot la yarden, zo shelanu zo gamken.